I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, cowboys and cowgirls, to Ingles and Ian podcast presented by CowboysRideForFree.com. And as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Ian, is here today. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. I'm doing good. And as game time approaches, I am I am nervous. I'm still nervous. I, I want to have a good feeling. You're going to provide those good feelings about the game. You got. I know you got stats to back up everything, but right now I am just um, – I'm just ready to get to Saturday and just just watch this game because I mean, even if they lose, they're not out of it by any means. But you'd like to win, so. So the interesting thing that I heard today is that uh, OU, if they win against Kansas, which is you know basically, yeah, they're gonna win <laughs> against Kansas, right? Because <laughs> it's Kansas. It'll be their first eight and O start since uh 2004 it's been 17 years so oklahoma state has more eight no starts since ou and so losing to losing to iowa state is not the end of the world but we will beat iowa state you you said will i don't like that man no we will beat iowa state and you know, CRFF grandpa Robert Wetzel on Twitter, he's been talking so much mess. And he's been giving me so many stats through our internal Slack. And I am ready to say not only will Oklahoma State win, they will win by 14 and not trail to half. Oh, no. Because Brock Purdy is not that good. Gundy is, has not lost in it. <laughs> if, I wish y'all could see this because Ian is his head is in his uh. hand, putting it in his desk. Gundy has not lost in Ames since 2011. I know that 2011 is a PTSD game, and I said it on Monday, and I have every right to say it more than a lot of people for a lot of things that happened. To me personally, that day beyond the game, much less the game itself. Like that was one of the most important days of my life um, that has turned out to be a very bad day. But we're going to win that ball game. We're going to win it by 14 points. Oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. But um, why don't you just just. Let's just go along with this. Why do you think what stats that you're going to provide? I know you don't think Brock Purdy's that good. I, I think he's okay. I think he's on that level that Spencer Sanders is, uh, where they're just like they're good, but they're not great. Well, and, um, and that's the thing is Brock Purdy 
And if you look at the stats, uh, he's got a better uh, completion percentage, but he, in terms of yards per game and everything else, they're about the same. The thing is, is with a good defense, Brock Purdy tends to turn over the ball. And every game he's turned over the ball, they've lost. That, I mean, that is true. He had one interception against Baylor, and in, against Iowa, he had those three interceptions. Correct. Other than that, those are his only two losses. So, when yeah, whenever he has thrown an interception, they've lost. Uh, one by two and then one by ten uh, against Iowa. So, Great. I mean, that... And the thing, though, is, is two of his non-con opponents, the other ones besides Iowa, uh, they're a combined three and nine. So their defensive stats are inflated by a ton. And with those four turnovers, Iowa didn't have to move the ball very far to score. So I think that their defensive prowess is way overflated. I mean, yeah, I think you could say that. Um, Iowa's offense isn't necessarily the best, and Baylor's offense isn't necessarily the best either. I mean, Iowa averaging won. 40 points a game. Iowa won with... 173 total yards, but I mean, they also had, they also had Iowa state also had four turnovers. So, I mean, anything is possible like Kevin Garnett says, and maybe you don't need that many yards to beat Iowa state, but I just think that these two teams are so similar that you, they're going to need a couple of one team is going to need big plays to stand out. And I'm not sure Oklahoma state can provide big plays. I think Iowa State can. I I don't think they can. They don't have a history of doing it, at least from everything I've read so far. And one of the big things for me is that, yes, they have this, you know, really good run defense, quote unquote. And yeah, they so they shut down uh, Iowa. They shut down other people. But in Big 12 play, they're averaging – allowing 144 yards on the ground, even though their defense average is 97.3. So over the last three games, they're allowing 50 plus more yards a game than their average says. And with Warren in our offensive line, I think that's going to, I think, I think Warren's going to hit close to 200 again. I, I, it is, it is possible. Deuce Vaughn had a 99 yards rushing against Iowa State. Um, and the other thing is, I think Oklahoma State needs to control the possession. Iowa State had 33 minutes and 45 seconds of possession versus Kansas State's 26 uh, minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, I'll go to Baylor real quick. I think they had a very, yeah, very close number to that. Iowa State had 35 minutes and 39 seconds of possession time. Baylor had 24-21. And Baylor had a special teams touchdown uh, as well. If you can force Iowa State to make mistakes, and they definitely won the ball game. And Iowa State had had a great game for Brees Hall, 27 carries and 190 yards and two touchdowns. He's putting up very similar, if not better, numbers than Jalen Warren. Uh, 134 carries, 748 yards, and 10 touchdowns compared to Jalen Warren's uh, 148 carries, uh, 705 yards, and six touchdowns. It's going to be – it might be a two-hour game, to be completely honest with you. That way dude is not Bijan. That dude's not Bijan. And we shut that dude down in the fourth quarter. And, well, third quarter for that as well. He isn't that dynamic. I think 
this defense under Knowles will be able to start just popping because Purdy is not going to challenge them down downfield very much. And I think they're just going to be able to lock in. The corners and safeties will take care of their business and the middle linebackers in the defensive line will have time to get to Purdy. And he's going to turn the ball over at least twice. I'm calling for two picks. Maybe by uh, Brees Hall is like right where he was last year. And last year he had a 75 yard touchdown against OSU right. in the game they lost. So I, I don't think Brees is going to lose a step. Brees is just a powerful back. And I know you have film on him and I know you faced him before, but he's still dynamic and has had three straight games of a hundred plus yards, had 197 against Kansas state, had 190 against Baylor. Um, like they are going to feed him and he will eventually break out. And that's kind of what happened. Not with, good defenses with Warren. Kansas State's defense is pretty good. They allowed it's uh, decent. It's decent. Like third Iowa State scored more points in that game than um than Oklahoma State did. Iowa State scored 33. Oklahoma State scored 31. It's a field goal. <laughs> it's a safety, but yeah. I mean, I just I honestly think and thanks to like i said robert wetzel on twitter i'm on i'm on the hope train this train's going to 11 and we're going to win this game 28 to 14 i don't i'm not on the hope train yet just let me get to kansas i'll get a ride on the hope train there i think oklahoma state wins i think that they win by maybe three i think it might be uh, 21 to 14. So, I it could be 17 14 too. I just this is they're very similar teams and it's going to be you know and, this, and the it's thing like I, a pot versus a kettle man they're the same they're the same thing. The thing I worry about is they are of even though their rush defense are are giving up a lot more yards than their average, their pass defense is has actually been really solid. That is one of the things that actually worries me about this game because, you know, Spencer is going to Spencer. But if he can control the ball just enough, we'll be okay. I mean, look, Mike Rose is going to be in that backfield. He's basically their Malcolm Rodriguez. He's got 43 tackles. He's got one sack on the year. Um, they also have um, Hummel, Jake Hummel, who's another – they have a really good linebacker core. So getting yards upfield is going to be very interesting. It's a very similar team compared to last year. I don't know if that many stars left, but I, I think we're in for another another rough game. It's well, going but, to be physical. This It's going to be Big Ten football. Yeah, but even Iowa State was like, we own October 15-2. and two. In those two losses, Oklahoma State. It's, it's exactly what I was saying about how Texas always loses to Oklahoma State after losing Red River. And I think that's going to be the case here. We are, and you know, especially because Vegas, for whatever reason, we are a seven-point underdog, minus seven going in this game. And that's what worries me. What do they know that we don't? Well, Vegas is super weird like that. I mean. But here's, here's my, my thought on that is that it's because Iowa State was a really sexy 
preseason pick. They were, you know, top 10 coming in. I think this is they're hedging their bets. They've already taken a lot of money on Iowa State to do well, and now they're trying to force everyone to take Oklahoma State to, like, even it out. But even so, Oklahoma State is one of the best teams against the spread over the last 10 years. And you know Jim Knowles, Gundy, all they got to do is put that up in the defensive room, and all those guys are going to lose their mind and want to shut them down. I mean, maybe, man. Maybe. I think it's very possible, but um, I'm trying to find um, if they're get how well Oklahoma State is against the spread this year. They have four wins against the spread. And a lot of that is just because they've been underdogs. Uh, right. four, well, four, but one the other thing the is Iowa State was a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa, and they lost by 10. So That's true. The spread is the spread, and with more and more people betting on games because it's legal more and more places, that spread gets more and more diluted. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, maybe, man, but the fact that it's still just hovering at seven, you think with a a lot of the money being um, being on... Oklahoma State, like, why hasn't that dropped? That that just seems odd to me. Who's to say? But I, I Oklahoma State's going to win, and that's about the end of it. Yeah, man. I'm look. It's going to be tough. I still think that Oklahoma State wins, but I mean, I don't feel great about it. I don't think a lot of fans do. I think you're probably one of few that are confident in this game i mean there may be some but i'm just if we get the win if they get the win i'll be okay that's all i want (laughs) so ian who do you think is going to be the player of the game do we want to do like an offense one offense to defense or just you want me to just go with just one uh well i actually have one for each so uh let's do one for each all right, um, defense, I will go – I think it's going to come down to um, – it's going to come down to, uh, I think, Brock Martin. I want to see how well he does back in the fold. He played against Texas. I think, uh, you know, getting on the end, it's going to be the way you stop um, Mr. Brees Hall. Um, again, he had, uh, you know, in his return, had a tackle for loss, two total tackles. Uh, court, quarterback hurry. He's getting there. Him and Colin Oliver splitting time. So you could go Oliver slash Martin uh, for that. We'll go ahead and I'll, I'll go ahead and say that uh, Martin and Oliver. That like whoever is in the game needs to step it up there on that end. And then uh, offense, uh, I think you got to go Jalen Warren. I think I don't think you win this game without Jalen Warren going off like he did. You're gonna need another. I don't know. If Iowa State will do this, but. If you can get them to break 
and he has a big fourth quarter like he did last time, that'll be a huge difference in the ballgame. I agree. Uh, I think the offensive player of the game is a tie between uh, Spencer Sanders and uh, Presley. I think Spencer, this is one of those games where he doesn't need to be great. He just needs to be good. He goes 275, no picks, 40 yards on the ground with his feet. I think he's going to be right. I, I think that'll that'll lead us to victory, to be honest. Um, and But also, Presley, he's been just really there, especially after Texas. That feels like sort of a safety blanket for Sanders in the middle of the field. And so I, I just I just see that crossing route, that shallow, like shallow crossing route where he dumps it off to Presley behind the linebacker at like eight yards. And then all of a sudden he turns up field for another six or seven, being a big play this game. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's possible. I just don't have any confidence in Warren or not Warren um, Sanders, but if he can do that, that'd be great. And I think Presley, who's uh, kind of coming back as a, uh, one of the targets for this offense. I think if he can do, he can do those dump offs. Like you said, that'd be useful. They can run a couple of jet sweeps as well. Cause Presley's fast, man. I, I don't, I don't think the jet sweep, jet sweep. That's a hard word to say. will do well against, uh, Iowa State, but I think the uh, like the quick screen will do really well because they uh, no, they tend to possible. load the box. I mean, they mm-hmm. tend to load the box, and if you can get people on the outside, get a block or two, people are off their races. Yeah, I, I you'll definitely need Presley to win this ball game for sure. What about your uh, defensive player of the game or defensive unit of the game? I already said mine. Did you say yours? I said oh. Oliver slash Martin. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I misunderstood. Uh, this is going to be the OSU secondary because we're going to get a lot of, I, like Texas, I think we're going to get a lot of um, contain sacks where the secondary is blocking, they're containing the receivers, then all of a sudden the pressure just breaks in. Yeah, I think it's very possible. I mean, it takes all 11 guys. So secondary is going to be interesting. I want to see how Colby Harville Peel and Tanner McAllister do. Tanner McAllister got an interception at the very tail end of the game. So, I mean, if he can get another one, that will be fantastic. And it's it's very possible. And Colby Harville Peel had an interception last year against uh, the Cyclones. Uh, spectacular play. So, yeah, we'll definitely see. It's very, like, Everything's on the table for this game. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I, like I said on Monday, I'm terrified of this game. But the more I look at it, the more people talk mess about it. The more I'm like, we're gonna win, and we're gonna win walking away. The hope train's here. I'm waiting for the next stop. I'm waiting for the next stop Uh, because I. The fact that we're again, the fact that we're a seven, that Oklahoma State's a seven-point underdog, is good and bad at the same time because I like the underdog role for them, but it's fair. It's a, it's big, it's a big line, and you know against Texas, I think they were a, a three and a half point favorite when it closed. So 
Yeah, it's very, very possible. I mean, Iowa State's a good team. I'm not going to take it away from them. I have got nothing but hate for them, but they are a good team. And I still think we're going to walk away. At I think by halftime, the game will be over. It'll be my prediction for halftime is 14 to 10 Oklahoma State, and it'll end up 28 17 Oklahoma State. You can't call it, you can't say it's a one possession game at halftime and call it over. I know. With the way this defense is, you kind of can. And I think that's going to happen. If we're up at half, we're all going to be blowing up the slack. We're all going to be blowing up Twitter going, this game is over because the defense is that good. At halftime. Yeah. And if no, I'm not saying that. Well, think about it. Think about this. The defense is that good, right? And they've been playing from behind all year. Imagine how they're going to play knowing they just have to shut them down to win instead of shutting them down so the offense can catch up. If we're up three, we scored three points in the third quarter all season. I just, I, I, I don't think you ever say that the game's over at halftime unless you're up by like 40. I'm saying 17 to 10. No, I, I, I disagree. I, I disagree. Uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be seven seven at halftime, and it'll be, it'll it'll be. I'll go. What I'm trying, I'm gonna do math real quick so that way it um, matches the under because the under's uh, forty seven. Yeah. So I will say, <laughs> I will go twenty four. It's going. It's going to be that kind of game again, and I, I'm, right. I'm prepared for it. And and that might be the case, but I think Oklahoma State's going to lead the the majority, if not all, the entire game. And that the Iowa State I mean, offense is not very good. Well, you could say the same thing about Oklahoma State's. Well, that's true offense. too, but our defense is very good. So I, I I think. I, so Iowa State is one of the best third down conversion teams in the Big 12. So was Texas. And so they're rattling off third down conversions about 55% of the time. And I think just like we did against Texas, we're going to hold them to about 25% of the time. I hope you're right, man. But I, I, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be closer than, than I think you're letting on this. Iowa State's defense is still decent, and I don't know if it's it's just going to be a very physical game, and I think that's the score's going to indicate that. I mean, the final score didn't show it, but they gave up almost 200 yards on the ground to Kansas. To Kansas. Well, how much of that is letting the, you know, the third string just go in there and, you know, have a good time? Still. Against Baylor, Baylor is way over their average. Like, since they got into Big 12 play, their yards against have gone way up on the ground. So I think that's going to be a big deal. I think Warren Warren's probably going to push 200 again, and I think on way less carries. I think he probably goes 
25 carries for 185. Yeah, that's possible. I think I think it's just going to be a battle of running backs. I think both guys would, are going to get 100 plus yards, 125 plus, and you know we're looking at this at the end of the day, going, wow, that was a really good football game between two good teams, and Oakland State comes out on top. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that is, it's going to be something. And, but the thing is, is Gundy 4-0 since in aim, since losing in 2011, like there's all these stats and Gundy tends to not lose these kind of games. He did in 2011. And that's what gave us all PTSD. I'm just like that. That's going to be in the thought. Every year, every time they go to Ames, there's going to be that 2011 thought well, in the back first of every off, Cowboy fan's head. That makes first off, nervous. that kick was good. Second, that was a weird game. That was a weird time. Um, if Ames was in Stillwater like I was when that happened, like I remember I was in my office, their earthquake happened. And I was like, oh, this is this, this is a bad omen. And the next thing I know, I'm listening to the radio and I'm hearing about the women's basketball plane crash. And I'm listening to Doug Gottlieb crying his eyes out again on, you know, the sports animal about how what more can this team go through, et cetera, et cetera. There was a breakdown on the bus. Because where the team has to say is like 45 minutes away and they barely got there on time. Everything was thrown off. It was a perfect storm for terrible things to happen. And it was a Friday night game instead of a Saturday. If it had been a Saturday night game, Oklahoma State probably rolls by 20. But they was short week, weird schedule, all this terrible stuff happened. And I know it's PTSD. I have it. I mean, that that game is PTSD for me for a lot of reasons. But I honestly think Gundy is using that in this defense will come out and just break Iowa State's back. It's going to be full on Bane on Batman over the knee from the start over. You know, I hope you're right, but. And how many times do you think he gives that hoorah speech over and over about that Iowa State game to his players? Does he mention it at all? Like, what does he go through um, during that week going to Ames? But the thing is, is, well, one, you can give that over and over again because most players are new, right? But the second is... It's a 10-year anniversary. They've had Whedon and Blackman in the stadium for Baylor. All of that stuff. They're number eight in the country. It's easy to say, look, this was important for Stillwater. The people who live and breathe and bleed orange. This is important. This is the time for you to go out and prove that you're number eight. Because if you win tonight, it's easier sailing to Bedlam, and then we go up three versus five, whatever, against OU. This is one of those moments that I think that Gundy is prepared to lead our kids to victory. Yeah. 
I'm, I think it's very possible. I, I agree with you. So I'm looking forward to a fun game. It's two 30 on Fox. So I'll be enjoying the heck out of that. Um, if I can, hopefully, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, I agree with you. It'll be a rallying cry game and you'll uh, see, and you'll see motivated. Gundy's four and one against Campbell, who is like the sexy pick. Like he probably will like Campbell. This is probably his last year at uh, Iowa state. He'll probably get offered a boatload of money at LSU or USC or maybe an NFL job. Who knows? I mean, coach bro, bailed up to Arizona and he's doing well. So who the hell knows what's going on there? But I think this is the moment that Gundy realizes he's got one shot, one more shot at the Natty, and this is it. And I think the boys are going to be ready. The coordinator is going to be ready. I hope Don is ready. And I think this is the game where they just – put the stamp on it says we're here and we mean it. Oklahoma State has not had a statement game all year. This this could be it. If there was an opportunity to have a statement game, this would be it. Yeah, especially so. 10 years, 10 years after 2011. Man, I really want to say something stupid. And I I think Oklahoma State's defense, as as fired up as they're going to be, will hold Iowa State to less than 200 yards of total offense. Okay, now now I I do not. I I just think – I think, like, they'll get somewhere in between 250 and 300, I think. Maybe more than 300, I don't know. I – Brees Hall's really good. I think he's going to go to the draft, and he's going to be a fine running back. He's a nice bell cow for Iowa State. And, you know, Purdy, let's not forget, I think his first game was in Stowater in relief, and they came in and beat and beat Oklahoma State in 2017 or 18. He's only averaging 250 yards a game. He's not special. He's not, you know, the UT quarterback. It's – I think they're so one-dimensional that we're going to see the eliteness of this defense come out. They can just – they'll be able to, able to attack and attack and attack over and over again. And I, I honestly think this is going to be a crippling defeat for Iowa State. It would be very crippling for them regardless just because they would now sit at four and three. And, like, okay, their season's essentially lost. At that point, maybe if they pick up a win against Oklahoma or Texas down the line, which Texas isn't even that good right now. I mean, they're four and three as well. So I don't know how much that game would mean, but who knows? Who knows? I I just want to get to homecoming week, to be completely honest with you. That like I, I feel like at that game, I can I'll be OK because it's Kansas. <laughs> well, for me. This, you know, I've been the hope guy on this podcast. This is why yeah. we have hope. But I feel like I have we make it you. we make it through this game, it's gonna be the hype train. Because if we make it through this game, we should, and I I will say that knowing completely well that's a jinx and I shouldn't say it. 
Don't say it then. <laughs> but we should until Bedlam. I won't say the words, so not to jinx it, but we should until Bedlam. And then it's going to be an incredible game. I just, just savor the moments of the season, man, because I we might be looking back on just like how special this defense is. Oh, no, control. this is... Because it has the, it could be up there as like one of the, because the way we look back at Whedon and Blackman and all them, that could be the same way Cowboy fans look at Malcolm and Colin Oliver and Colby Harbell Peel. It's very possible. And it will, and I can tell you as someone who is living in Stillwater, during 2011 i get that same feeling from the defense like i want to watch the defense more than i want to watch the offense right now because i know they're going to make plays yeah Uh, they've turned me into like a full-on just defense guy just defense wins championships that's that's how i now operate (laughs) it's just defense 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 so gonna ask the hard question do you think Noel stays after this year? Oh, man. I hope so. I think it, I think maybe the next year could be it. It kind of just depends on where Oklahoma State lands after the, like, after bowl season. If we're looking at them, you know, Big 12, New Year's Six champion, then yeah. But if, if they're, you know, at the Alamo Bowl, nine and three. No, it just depends on how the season shakes up. You know, being six games in, you know, I at the beginning of the season, I thought this team would be nine and three, whatever, middle of the pack. But six games in, being six and zero, oh, I don't see a way that we end up nine and three. Ten two, sure. Eleven and one. I could see a path. <laughs> well, obviously there's a path, and but I don't I don't know. This I don't see the cough up game coming. I don't see the poke choke coming this this season. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. You don't think there's one, but then there is. Yeah, but I've lived through more <laughs> poke chokes than you've been alive for, my friend. And this team is different it's different and i've lived through a lot of teams i've lived through mason rudolph's and i've always had that that thought in the back of my mind of okay this team is good but not that good and i'm starting to believe that this team is better than their number eight number eight ranking i was just happy they were eighth let's be honest i mean and next week Next week or November second, that's when the CFP poll comes out, and that changes everything. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, the AP poll is something, but that CFP poll is different. Not to mention, you have the Big Ten, that's going to shake up with Michigan, Michigan State playing, so Ohio State, and Penn State playing. We've got two more weeks before the CFP comes out, and if. Oklahoma State wins both of them. I think they'll be four or five in the CFP. 
because odds are, I mean, if we beat Iowa State, and even though I said don't take anything for granted in the Slack chat today, we should beat Kansas. I won't say we will, but we should beat Kansas. So we'll be if we win if we win on Saturday and then beat Kansas, we eight no going into the CFP. And I don't know how they rank us anything less than six. Assuming that Oklahoma State wins out, it'll be Georgia, Cincinnati, OU, uh, followed by probably might be Ohio State, might be Bama. Assume because I think I think Ohio State's going to beat Penn State, and then I think Alabama's going to continue to win out, and then maybe they put the winner of Michigan and Michigan State up at six. And then you see Oklahoma State at seven. There's, it just depends on how they rank those those teams, uh, or however the Big Ten shakes up. Because I think there's going to be two Big Ten teams ahead of OSU. Because Oregon, or not Oregon, Ohio State has a good loss against Oregon for now. And then Alabama has been wrecking teams, uh, except for Texas A&M, of course, in Florida. No. Right, right now. But Oklahoma State's wins are getting better. Baylor is crushing. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. But they're going to look at that non-conference schedule and say, why did you only beat Missouri State by six? Why did you only beat Tulsa by five? And Tulsa's but, here, but here's the other thing. There has been a record number of AP top 25 teams lose to this point in the season. 48 ranked teams of loss this year in through seven weeks. So it's very, it's a very different game and granted the CFP might be too old school minded and whatever, but if they're honest, they have to understand that college football has changed in an incredible way. Transfer portal, uh, super seniors, everything. So who knows? And I, but I would be if we beat Iowa State on Saturday, I would be shocked if we come in at less than six in the CFP poll. I mean, maybe, maybe. I just think that they will. I just I'm going to just lower the expectations so that way you are not disappointed and the rest of the fan base is disappointed. I could see them just putting us at eight. I could. In two weeks with two wins. In two weeks. I don't. They could put them at seven because I think they'll elevate the the Michigan. Well, actually, they might. If Oregon wins out, they'll bump Oregon up ahead of Oklahoma State because they'll go, hey, they beat Ohio State. And Ohio State is really good. Well, the thing is, Ohio State's got to keep. I mean, for the first poll, maybe. Ohio State's got still got to go through the the wrecking crew of Michigan, Michigan State. You know, I think they'll get through it. I 100% think they'll get through it. Oh, you're way way more optis- optimistic than me. I'll get over uh, Ohio State. Oh, I, I I mean, getting through Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, that's those are two really good teams. It's it's going to be hard to do. I have this weird thing about Michigan where I just don't think they're that good. Just based off what I've seen, I don't know if they can get over the hump against Ohio State, which is their goal every year. 
And I don't think they can do it. They haven't shown me that they can. I mean, to be fair, I think Sparty beats Ohio State before Michigan State or Michigan does. But yeah, I mean, I think Michigan State's going to win that game against Michigan. But I, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough the rest of the way, regardless of whoever comes out of the Big Ten West. Because they all got to play each other, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, for definitely. All right, so I've been getting a lot of flack on Twitter because I said it was a bit. I didn't say it was, but it was a bit of a put-up or shut-up year for Mike Borden. And so I'm going to back myself up on that. So Borden is only a 500 coach. He's 72 and 58, which is a .554 winning margin. He won 21 games in his first year, and he won 21 games, even though it was shortened because of COVID, with the number one draft pick in the country, right? He is only a 400 uh, winning percentage coach in the Big 12. He's been there long enough that everyone who's on the roster is his person. And I, you know, I have nothing against Boyton. I'm just saying that it's time for him to show that he can lead his own team to a victory beyond the round of 32. Man, I, I'll say this. I, 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 I disagree. I, I think that he, the way, the way he has embraced Oklahoma State plays so much of a factor. Right. No, no. And I agree with that. I, I have nothing against Boyden. I, I want him to win all the things. I think he's great. I, I love his Twitter. I, he just seems like a really great dude. I'm not trying to say anything against it. I'm just saying on the court, when the games matter, he's, oh, he's been okay at best. I would say he's been good because on it, well, you look at 2017, 2018, 2019, 2018 and 19. I don't think they expected to be that good in 2017. That was the, that was the tournament where I think people got mad that Oklahoma state was not in it. So they could have easily been in, been in it in 2017. I believe if I am not mistaken, because that was the tournament with Trey. Right. And then that was, but let's look at, you know, conference standings, 27, 2017, 2018, 8 and 10, 2018, 2019, 5 and 13, 2019, 2020, 7, 11, Oklahoma, uh, 2021, 11 and 7. So he's only had one winning season in the Big 12. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, but, but he's not even been, I mean, he's besides 2017, 2018, and like the other, he's basically been 500 or less. I mean, he's been less than 500, but I don't know. That is, I don't know. I don't, he, he's for me to be confident in him long-term, he's got to show me something. I'm not saying, you know, go 18 on the conference. I'm saying go 13 and five. You know, that kind of thing. And I think that's reasonable for this team. I think the team has the ability to be very, very good. Um, 
but it, it it's one of those years where it's time for him to finally put a stamp on the program and do something important. I'll say this stamps can be made. Yeah. You look at a little bit of their non-conference schedule, NC state, at Oral Roberts, Wichita State, of course, is always tough. Xavier, Houston, USC, and in Florida. And I think with the transfers that they got, what was their what were their problems last year? It's rebounding and uh, probably shooting. Yeah. Right? Well, they got a six ten center now, five star from Memphis. Mm-hmm. They got a power. They got a forward, power forward, six foot eight from Syracuse who can rebound. They got a 6'7", 220-pound uh, forward that can do the same thing in Tyreek Smith, and they brought in potential scorer in Bryce Thompson. So every hole that needed to be filled is potentially filled with and, the transfers and, that they got. And this is my question about Boyden. Is is he a really good coach, or he's or is he just a really good recruiter? Because... Normally, teams with the number one overall draft pick go much deeper than the round of 32. And, you know, granted, it was COVID and everything else, which puts a, you know, asterisk on everything. But I think this team has the ability to be very good. Not top, not top 10 good, but top 15 good. And does he have the ability to coach that kind of team? And that's that's what I'm wondering. I and again, I love him. I I think he's a. I mean, from the outside looking in, he seems like a great dude. And I love how he's embraced Oklahoma State and everything else. I just I'm a little worried that he's a great recruiter and not a great coach. I mean, this was his first job, and he was kind of just like fronted into it after uh, Underwood. Uh, you know, whatever well, years ago it was, five years ago. Well, I mean, he, I mean, there there was some big names coming after that job, and he got it. And I have, and again, I don't want people on Twitter who thought I was throwing shade at Adam because I'm not. I think he's a really a great coach and everything else, but his stats don't line up with what I think the team should be. And we'll see this year. This is a big year for them, I think. Yeah, it's I think a big they, year. They have the potential to go pretty far, I think. You know, they make a Sweet 16 run this year, you know. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I and I honestly think this team should make it. But if they don't, then we got to start thinking about a different basketball coach. I don't know. The way... I think outside of the numbers, the way he has, again, the way he's embraced the community and how the fan base loves him. And they can turn right now. I think his job is kind of secure right now. If he has another year like he does, he's going to be just fine. I mean, if he does another 21-win season, yeah, he'll be fine. And I think that's a good, good benchmark. You lose you lose the number one overall pick in K Cunningham, great player, all of that went off in the end of the season. Um, you match the win total without him, yeah, you're you're it. That is a good season. 
but I think there's a chance he could surpass that. I mean, yeah, I think so too. Um, we also get to see Donovan Williams. Finally, he transferred from, I mean, Nebraska, I believe. And he is, I think he's pretty good. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does after coming off of that surgery. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, and I, I think regardless, I, next Thursday will be a really good basketball preview because we're going into Kansas and there's not going to be a lot to talk about going into Kansas. So I think that'll be a good basketball preview weekend. Yeah. And they got, I mean, they got, uh, they got a little scrimmage with uh, UCO coming up November 4th. So that'll be, that'll be something. And then that season starts 9th, November 9th. Yeah. It's right around the corner. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun season. Absolutely. Well, I think it's about all of it for us, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys and Cowgirls. Thank you for coming out. We'd love to hear from you. I'm at Jacob Ingalls on Twitter. It's at Ian Nickel on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, hit us up. Ask a, ask questions, everything else. And uh, we will see you on Monday, hopefully after Pokes victory. Go Knock Pokes. on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs>